0: Hello, my name is Rick Pearson. Welcome to Prophecy USA, a program specifically designed to unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. You know, throughout history, God has spoken through his servants, the prophets. But what is the common denominator that links these prophets to the calling of God? Today, we're going to look at the question who hath believed our report? Welcome back, folks. For those of you new to our program, we'd like to encourage you to join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. for a Bible study podcast with live chat. We answer many of the questions our viewers have. You can join us at our website, or you can send us your email address, and we'll be sure to send you our weekly link and occasional news update. Just go to mail at prophecyusa.org. You know, modern-day teaching... In the evangelical community, talks about the fivefold ministries of God, otherwise known as the hand of God working through mankind on the planet. These offices of ministry are found in Ephesians and they include the office of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Here we see that the purpose of these fivefold offices of ministry is designed to mature the body of Christ so that we can become more like Christ. It's through this unity that iron sharpens iron, and that words are exchanged to edify, comfort, and exhort with the results that each and every believer would become more like Jesus. But is that happening? If a person says they are called to be a pastor, evangelist, teacher, or start a new apostolic church, most people would accept that statement. However, if a person says they are called to be a prophet, that may raise some eyebrows today. But why is that? Perhaps because prophecy deals with future events. And if someone prophesies future events that do not come to pass, it automatically disqualifies the word spoken as being a prophetic word. So what can we learn from the past so that we can become wise in the future? Listen to this.
1: History shows us that God worked through the humanity or weakness of his prophets without destroying their individual personalities of expressions. Although prophets are mentioned in Scripture close to 500 times, only 16 prophets actually wrote their prophecies in the 29 books of the Hebrew text and the word prophet is referenced in 138 verses of the New Testament. History details that prophets were called from a variety of occupations and ages, ranging from butlers, priests, shepherds, farmers, and governors. Although these individuals came from all walks of life in society, the prophet's initial encounters with God prepared them to release God's timely word within their generation. Those callings and purposes, as Scripture states, were ordained before the foundations of the world. This statement, ordained before the foundations of the world, is most evident when God told the young prophet Jeremiah in 630 B.C. that, Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you, and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations, Jeremiah. In this statement, God is revealing to us that He also knew us before we were even born. You are not a mistake. You might have been born into a situation that was not convenient timing for your mother or father. But due to the fact that you are here is a confirmation that God wanted you born. Paul perfectly explained it to the Ephesians when he said, According as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. God has literally called you forth from the foundation of the earth through the flesh and blood of your parents, and God knows the divine plan and purpose for your life. But the question is, do you know that purpose? And are you aware of the prophetic time clock that God placed you in in this generation? The office of the prophet in the Old Testament was to declare the spoken word of God to those who could not hear God's voice directly themselves. In fact, nobody but a prophet could actually hear God's voice then and there. However, in the New Testament theology of the here and now, there is not a true believer who has not already heard God's voice. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Whether you realize it or not, if you have already heard God's voice, You are in a preferred position in your generation to speak God's word to those who still have not heard it. However, sometimes there is a price to pay to speak God's word. Jeremiah was stoned to death in Egypt. Isaiah was sawn asunder. Those men were given words of future judgment concerning the covenant nations of Israel and Judah. But the people who lacked that future knowledge given by the prophetic word paid a terrible price. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. However, Jeremiah and Isaiah also prophesied future knowledge concerning a covenant nation that God would raise up in the end times, Babylon the Great. Although millions rejected their words then and there, it should be no surprise that millions will reject their words here and now. So the question Isaiah asks our generation today is, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed?
0: Welcome back, folks. To those of you who have studied our research from the book and our study guide, it's blatantly clear in Scripture that America's role in Bible prophecy is perfectly identified as Babylon the Great. She has already fulfilled all 53 descriptions in Scripture. In the last year alone, Writings from Jeremiah, Isaiah, and even Moses have identified more descriptions that America, a covenant nation, is experiencing the repercussions of disobeying God's voice. At every U.S. embassy, America now flies the rainbow flag under her national flag, boldly defying Judeo-Christian moral values. Isaiah 13.19 says, In Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldeans' excellency shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. The Biden administration, under the LGBT initiatives, mandated training of all military personnel to undergo gender equality studies, fulfilling yet another Bible prophecy. Jeremiah 51.37, or 31:51:30, I should say, The mighty men of babylon have forborne to fight they have failed they have become as women on september 11 2021 exactly 20 years since 9 11's horrendous world trade towers collapse the most powerful military in the history of the world finalized the desertion of its own people they also left their allies and 85 billion dollars worth of high-tech military equipment behind as they fled the country from a small, insignificant band of Taliban soldiers. This is the sign of a nation who has transgressed her covenant. The Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. The Keystone Pipeline, which employed 50,000 people, her oil fields, making America literally energy independent, are now shut down. Russia's pipelines was approved, and now America begs OPEC to lower the price of fuel. The fruit of the land has ceased under a curse. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy land; thou shalt not prosper in thy ways, and thou shalt only be oppressed. The stranger that is within thee, he shall be the head and thou shalt be the tail. Massive amounts of debt was borrowed from the Federal Reserve, increasing inflation and bringing the nation's debt to $29 trillion, the highest debt in 400 years. You shall borrow and not lend when you're a blessed nation, but not if you've been cursed. Thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. These are the judgments that were prophesied by the so-called gloom and doom prophets Moses, Isaiah, and Jeremiah towards any covenant nation that refused to hear God's voice. All their prophecies are not fulfilled yet. We discussed the 53 descriptions of Babylon the Great when she rose to power, how she prospered, how her military would sit upon or police over the seven continents of the world, We showed you the prophetic timeline of the eight providential nations in Scripture and how we are the seventh. But according to Scripture, we've turned a corner on November 3rd, 2020. And this is not speculation on our part. These are the writings and the warning signs by the prophets of yesteryear, then and there, that are being fulfilled today in the here and now. Those who contradict Jeremiah and Isaiah and and John, prophesying that America is not going to be judged, are unknowingly fulfilling ancient scripture written by the very prophets who today would be considered gloom and doom prophets. These ancient prophets told us Babylon is proud and haughty and says in her heart, I am and none else beside me. The 16th description of Babylon is that she says, I sit a queen and I will see no sorrow. You know, the wisest man in the world, King Solomon, said there's nothing new under the sun. If these ancient prophets were rejected then and there, don't be surprised if their prophecies are still rejected here and now, even when they're being fulfilled right under our noses. Ecclesiastes says, what has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done, for there is nothing new under the sun. Folks, what Solomon is saying is what has been then and there is what will be here and now. And what has been done then and there is what will be done here and now. If the majority of society rejected these prophets' warnings then and there, you can be sure they will reject them here and now. Solomon said, there is nothing new under the sun. We were just talking about the office of the prophet. However, in the New Testament, we have the five-fold ministry of apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and prophets. It's been illustrated before that these offices represent the hand of God upon the earth. But without a doubt, the most controversial office is the prophet but why is that? Prophets are usually used to point to the future. They're supposed to help us understand where we are on God's prophetic time clock. Historically, prophets have encouraged believers of future blessings and deliverance to look forward to, or they've warned us of coming curses and judgment that we need to prepare for. In either case, when it comes to the future, there are, there are a variety of opinions and speculations but only God can tell us the future. You know, Scripture tells us when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide us into all truth and he will show us things to come. However, there are certain criteria we need to test if we're hearing correctly. And that checkup comes by way of God's written word, which never contradicts his spoken word. The backbone of all prophecy is the written word of God. It gives the hearer a checkup from the neck up. It also makes the prophet accountable for every word that he or she speaks. In many cases, those who believe they are called to speak a prophetic word should at the very least read the prophetic word before they make utterance on God's behalf. We mentioned earlier that the spoken word of God can encourage us with future blessings or warn us of future judgment. Joseph, who was a patriarch, and highly anointed with prophetic giftings, was sold by his own brethren into Egypt slavery. After finding his way into Potiphar's home, he was falsely accused of rape by Potiphar's desperate housewife, who wanted more from Joseph than just to answer the doorbell. In prison, God used Joseph to interpret dreams. But once Potiphar had a divine dream from God, it was only Joseph who could interpret it. Instead of being angry, miserable, and feeling sorry for himself, Joseph once again served the very person who falsely cast him into prison. But it was the spirit within Joseph that made that communication from God possible. Joseph did not prophesy for personal gain, for any hidden agendas. He simply wanted to be obedient to God, and it was God who foretold to Joseph of seven years of blessing, followed by seven years of financial and economic judgment that would come. Here we see blessings followed by judgment or famine. But the judgment or famine that came upon Joseph's brethren prophetically drove them back into Joseph's arms. God used this prophetic time sequence to fulfill the very prophecy that caused his brothers to hate Joseph in the first place. You see, Joseph unwittingly told his brothers years before that their sheaves would bow to his sheaves. Everything that God told Joseph eventually came to pass in his lifetime. However, it's questionable whether Joseph understood fully what God had already spoken to his great great grandfather Abraham. You see, without Joseph's obedience, Abraham's prophecy could not have been fulfilled. After 400 years of living under Egyptian bondage, the divine period of time had come. Moses came to the children of Israel with a shepherd's rod in his hand. He and Aaron told the Israelites that God was not only going to deliver them from the bondage of the Egyptians, but he was also going to judge the Egyptians at the same time who were enforcing that bondage. Exodus 3.21 says, And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and you shall spoil the Egyptians. However, even after miraculous signs and wonders, the great deliverance at the Red Sea, and God literally writing the Ten Commandments for all to read, there was in-house opposition to Moses. There were those who thought God was speaking to them, and that they should lead the children of Israel with their spoken words, instead of God's written word. The rebellion against Moses and the word God had given him came from a man named Korah. Korah and 250 of his followers told Moses that they did not need Moses to lead them, because God was speaking directly to them. This was the first recorded church split in the Bible. As the story unfolds, Moses confronted the rebellion by letting God decide who was spiritually correct in God's eyes. Moses drew a line in the sand and divided Korah's followers from Moses' followers. Then at the Lord's command, Moses spoke. Moses made an end of all speaking of all these words. The earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah." Close to 700 years later, Jeremiah prophesied the destruction of Judah, but another prophet, Hananiah, contradicted Jeremiah, stating that God had told him Judah would not be destroyed because she was God's covenant nation. However, after confronting the Lord, Jeremiah was told to rebuke Hananiah, and several weeks later, Hananiah received his very own private audience with God for his false utterance. You know, history teaches us that speaking God's word without first reading God's word can have grave consequences. But what about today? What about New Testament prophets? Should they be concerned? In Acts chapter 5, we see the story of a married couple named Ananias and Sapphira. They told Peter and the other believers that they had sold all their assets and was giving it to the church for the furtherance of the kingdom. However, they were lying. And when Peter discerned this, he said to Ananias, Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing those words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. Now eventually, Sapphira, his wife, came to the assembly, and she uttered the exact same lie her husband Ananias had uttered. And when she did that, Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then she fell down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in, found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. Once again, great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things." Folks, this actually happened, but what about today? What about those who stand in the office of apostle, pastor, prophet, evangelist? Any person who stands on a platform, speaks on radio or television, publishes Christian magazines, or is placed in a position to utter God's word is also subject to God's word. Scripture says there are serious repercussions if anyone knowingly speaks or teaches lies to God's people. That does not mean we have to be 100% correct in our interpretation of Scripture. But when we knowingly speak a lie, and we continue to speak that lie because it's not convenient, nor profitable, nor popular to speak otherwise, we come under God's judgment, not people's judgment. If we're getting close to the second coming, the rapture of the church and the transition of the seventh providential nation being deposed so that the eighth providential nation or the new world order can fulfill her role in Bible prophecy, what signs and wonders will God release to warn the church? You know, recently Karen and I went to a meeting in Lakeland, Florida, where multiple speakers uh, told us that America was a covenant nation and a providential nation. This was very nice confirmation to hear others speaking that since we've been teaching that for 35 years and the last two years on national TV. However, there's a fly in this ointment. Although every speaker and even some who believe they are called to be in the office of a prophet agreed that America is a covenant nation, nobody stated that judgment was coming. There were warnings that if America does not return back to God, God may judge her but not one person identified America in Scripture. So why is that? How can a nation who is according to them in covenant with God not be found in Scripture? She's the richest nation in the history of the world. She has the most powerful military. She's a world leader in economics. She dominates the world's technology. She has the greatest percentage of Christians in her. Her legislation has Moses and the Ten Commandments over the Supreme Court. Her money says, in God we trust. She meets all 53 descriptions of Babylon the Great. And the time sequence in Scripture boldly states she would appear before the new world order comes into power. Why does Scripture recognize multiple nations in the coming Gog-Magog war? Russia, Turkey, Ethiopia, Libya, Saudi Arabia, France, Spain, Britain? And yet, according to modern-day prophecy teachers and prophets, America is not found in Scripture. Is it possible that in the very denial of accepting our Prophecy USA's research, these folks are literally fulfilling the 15th and 16th description of Babylon the Great? She's proud— haughty, and says in her heart, I am a queen, and I will see no sorrow." While we attend this conference of Christian leaders, yet another conference was held in another city. It was here that thousands of followers listened to their leaders who publicly stand in the office of prophet. At this conference, we hear of America's comeback. How God is getting ready to restore America back into global power that God will never forsake his covenant with America. He's going to expose the darkness in America, and she will rise again, and the church will lead this renewal with great power, signs and wonders and miracles, will be released as the spirit of Elijah is getting ready to sweep across the nation. However, there's not one reference to the book of Revelation. There's not one word of warning from the conference because they are in agreement that God will never judge His covenant nation of America. You know, historically, God destroyed Israel for practicing Baal worship. This is evident all through the word in Judges, Kings, Chronicles, and the prophets who warned Israel when she broke covenant with God. However, according to modern-day prophets, we should not be concerned of any judgment whatsoever as long as we declare, confess, and proclaim it so, God will never judge America. Isaiah, Jeremiah, or John, the Revelator's warnings, were never mentioned at these conferences, because in the prophets' minds, America is nowhere to be found in Scripture. But instead, God told them directly through their visions and their dreams, and His still small voice, These are the same voices who told us Donald Trump would be president. You know, there are many camps in the body of Christ. There are 31,000 denominations, all divided by the interpretation of Scripture. There are divisions based on water baptism, spiritual baptism, what day we should go to church, pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, no tribulation. But according to Scripture... And Jesus' warnings, there are only seven groups of believers that he addresses in the book of Revelation. The main emphasis dividing those believers is based on how we treat other people. Remember, the word Babylon means confusion. The church has been invaded by confusion, not only in our morals, our attitudes, but also in our future of what God is getting ready to do. But the confusion of what is coming in the future does not have to be in you for the present. Time will always determine who has accurately foretold the future. With regards to prophecy, Paul stated, quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, but prove all things and hold fast all that which is good. We at Prophecy USA believe that it is very clear in Scripture where we are on the prophetic time clock. We believe that the prophecies of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and John are being fulfilled right now in the nation of the United States of America. But the effects of our teaching and those who are embracing our interpretation of Scripture is what matters the most. It's time to make Jesus and His lifestyle the greatest priority in your life. Love those who disagree with you, Comfort those who are afflicted. Pray for those who are hurting. Be kind one to another. Don't judge others, but instead judge yourself. Look to Jesus and do unto others what you would have them do unto you. In the midst of this global pandemic, political unrest, vaccinated versus unvaccinated, and prophecies which have failed, we leave you with this thought. Perhaps prophecies fail, So you get your mind off of people and focus on what's really important. So we encourage you folks to do exactly what Jesus taught. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in Him. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. You know, folks, we're out of time. This is Prophecy USA. My name is Rick Pearson, reminding you that Jesus is alive and he's coming back much sooner than many people think. See you next week. Shalom.